Sky Blue Stories is recorded at the Hills Podcast Studio, located at the Bella Vista Hotel. Sky Blue Stories back tonight with a post-season edition, talking to Sydney FC's one and only Andrew Redmayne. He's uh, recently clocked up a very interesting stat, which I don't think has been celebrated enough. We might ask him about it a bit later, but... Andrew Redmayne, the only player to be involved in both back-to-back dynasties. Uh, so that's Brisbane Raw. And yes, he may have only played 10 minutes, I think, and Redders might clear that up for us in a sec in one of the games, um, but also played a game in the Brisbane Raw season uh, in 2012 and now has backed it up for Sydney FC with back-to-back championships. We're very, very lucky tonight to be joined by Redders and we'll get straight into it. Andrew, thanks for joining us, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Is that right, what I've just what I've just rattled off there, mate? I, I believe you you played in at least a game in those Brisbane Raw, uh, Brisbane Raw games? Yeah, I think I totaled 106 minutes in my two years at Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> it counts, yeah, though. Specific. wasn't much, yeah. It counts, though. No, it was, it was a fantastic experience, though, working under Ange and, and the playing roster we had at the time. It was uh, a phenomenal team. Of course, Theo uh, in goals at the time? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I don't know if it's been something. I'm, I'm not sure if, if you've realised yourself, probably, but it hasn't been uh, hasn't been right, widely shared on the socials. But just something that sort of came came through when we were um, preparing to talk to you, mate. And you know, Costa Costa was was there at um, at Brisbane and at Sydney, but not in in both editions, and Bratz as well. Um, but but again, not in both uh, both editions. So that's something to be very proud of. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm someone who doesn't really kind of relish those uh, individual honours. It's more about the, the team and, and celebrating uh, a win and uh, especially in the big games like, uh, like the, the GF just gone. It was, uh, it, it's just great to sit back and, and, and soak it all in and enjoy it with the boys. Yeah, hundred percent, and and you know, like I said, an incredible achievement it was. Mate, just over two weeks ago now that that grand final came down, Sydney FC's fifth record breaking. Um, after the crazy season that you had, and, and you and the boys had, when that full time whistle went after the hundred and twenty minutes, what describe the feeling um, that you had? Was it was it ecstasy? Was it was it relief, satisfaction? Yeah, probably uh, relief. I think. You had a lot of time in the, in the break to kind of contemplate where you were as individuals and as a team, and I think you know we set the league on fire for the for the, for the whole year up until the break, and I think there was a lot of pressure on us. It was almost ours to lose, I guess, the, the, the grand final, and I think it was a bit of relief at the end when when the final whistle went because uh, a few of you podcasts we, we weren't exactly playing our best football um, after the break, but. Um, you know, it's a cliche, but credit to the lads. We got it done when it really counted. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Um, so not only this year, but but every year since joining FC, Sydney FC, you've absolutely taken your game to another level and, and you've, in all honesty, become one of the best, if not the best goalkeeper in the league. D- does Western Sydney Wanderers, Andrew Redmayne, feel like a lifetime ago? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, that wasn't meant to be a subtle dig either. It was just that you've come on leaps and bounds. Mm. You're an absolute bloody joy to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, three and a half years ago now, and 
um, you know, the best part of 20 kilos I've, I've put on as well. So, um, <laughs> All muscle. Yeah, I, I literally and figuratively was a, a shadow of myself back then, I think. What what contributed to that? Was that a, a Matt Nash, a John Crawley thing? Was it mental? Was it physical? You just mentioned 20 kilos. Like, what do you attribute that change to? I don't think you can put it down to any one thing. I think I've been really fortunate to work with um, some very uh, talented individuals with Crawley, Nash, um, you know, Arnie, Bimby, even Clarkey and Chris Pappas, um, yeah. who have, you know, I guess holistically just changed me top to toe, I guess. I mean, I, I don't kind of fear going into games anymore. I feel completely relaxed for the whole 90 minutes, even when we are under pressure and going through rough moments, I, I still feel completely in control and calm. And, um, you know, that's from a mental side. And then a, a, a technical side, I think John Crawley is, is second to none. He, he kind of, I've said it before, he, he throws out the textbook, looks at a goalkeeper, looks at your attributes and, and models a, a specific technique based on your attributes. And um, for me, that's that's worked extremely well. But having said that, I've, I've needed to put on size, uh, gain strength, gain power to be able to uh, execute that, that kind of technique to the to the fullest. And I think that's credit to uh, Chris Pappas as well, who's, um, you know, really taking my game to the next level. Yeah, wow. That's um, that's awesome insight. And we've just got to say from a, a Sydney FC underground fan perspective, um, we just love the frog stretches you do mid-game as well. Um, <laughs> we just had to throw that out there. Um, I know that gets cheers from the Cove every time you bust those ones out. So. Yeah. No, you got to keep limber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Redders, um, you're speaking to another fellow teacher here. You, you are doing a primary uh, teaching degree, yes. is that right? Yep. Um, I, yes. I really want to see you have kindy. I think uh, <laughs> KR would be perfect. Um, and I think the big book that you'd read to them would probably be normal size for you, but maybe <laughs> still a big book for them. But look, mate, um, being a teacher and, and someone who will soon walk into the classroom, any, any thoughts about maybe, you know, one day maybe becoming a, a goalkeeper coach? Um, maybe is that something you might put in your mind when the playing days are all said and done? Yeah, absolutely. Um we're going back to KR. My mum was a, uh, a kindy teacher. So oh, it's in the blood. Been plenty, plenty of KRs in the past. <laughs> um, but no, I think definitely working with uh, children, either in a classroom or, or on a football pitch, I think it's something where I can definitely give back after football and it's mm. something that I'm quite passionate about, um, kind of mentoring and, and guiding young children. Um, and just because I'm doing a, a teaching degree doesn't mean I'm, I'm bound to a, a classroom. So mm, there's many ways you can, you can kind of take and morph that degree. And, and it's just something that, well, it's just another string to my bow when, when I do retire, I guess. And it's, it's been quite enjoyable to have that outlet away from football. Exactly right, yeah. Um, look, Redders, take us back, uh, cast your mind back to your very, very, very first day of at Sydney FC, you know, you've spent some time at the Mariners and Raw and City and so on, but take your mind back to the very first day at Sydney FC, mid-season 2017. What was it like? Give us an insight into, you know, walking into the Macquarie over there or walking into the team back there on your first day. Um, yeah, I remember it quite well, to be honest. Um, it, was, it was like nothing else, but I, I was made to feel so welcome and, uh, and comfortable from the very outset and um, the, the cultures that have been developed to an absolute chalk and cheese and um, 
although I knew um, a lot of people in the change room from from clubs past, I, I still um, had a, had a lot of work to do in getting to know other players in the in the change room, and you know it, it's credit to the whole kind of regiment that, that has been built at Sydney FC that I was just made to feel so welcome, and, and it was such a um, a pleasant um, introduction to the mm. to the club. Well, a lot has been written about Sydney FC's culture, and that word gets thrown around a lot in in all sorts of sporting circles, but. Uh, that's something Sydney FC can certainly hang their hat on is, is the culture at the club. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, three brilliant years now at, at the Sky Blues. Um, you, some bloke called uh, Vukovic was the keeper <laughs> before you. Um, he did all right. Uh, but look, you know, big shoes to fill um, when, you know, godlike form that Vukovic was in. Um, and then Sydney FC also signed Alex Chizak as well. Um, who's a very highly regarded goalkeeper as well. What were your thoughts in pre-season, knowing that, you know, coming in after Vukovic, got Alex, Alex Chizak there, were you confident that you had a starting spot nailed on or did you think, okay, looking around, I've got to really kind of step up my game here? Um, yeah, I think it, it's been a little bit publicised that I'd, I'd kind of fallen out of love with the game. And mm. um, to be honest, when I moved from the Wanderers, I was I was ready to retire. Uh, oh, I was going to see out my contract at Warren Rivers and um, you know pull up the stumps. Um, and I was offered a, a year and a half at Sydney FC, and I kind of thought, well, I can get a bit more uni done in that time and <laughs> be further along in that. And Booker um, uh, went away for the Socceroos, and I made my debut Perth away. Yeah, uh, I think it was a three nil win. Mm-hmm. In that was in Booker's season. Um, and I was really down after that, that week. I thought I played well. I thought I had a good game. and um, I was really down and upset. And Corey approached me and said, mate, you look down. And I said, I am. I, I'm not really sure why, but I am. And, and we kind of talked through it and we got to the, well, we wind a bit. Crawley's actually got a degree in psychology. So <laughs> he's a perfect, perfect guy to go through things with. Mm. But I was actually down because I, I missed playing and missed being out on the pitch and, um, and, and just being free and, um, I guess, enjoying my football, which at Sydney FC, you've just given the licence to do that, be out there and, and be free and, and just enjoy yourself. And, you know, we've got a medal in the change room of just you do you. So um, I, I think that kind of approach really resonated with me. And, mm. um, you know, ever since then, I've, I've never taken anything for granted. I, I just show up and work hard every day because, I, I love the club. I love the boys that I'm around, and um, you know, I, I, I love just kind of maybe John giving Crawley, back to the people who believe in me. Maybe John Crawley needs a um, bronze statue at the new stadium. Uh, <laughs> the, the impact that he's had on yourself and, and the club as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's been phenomenal. Well, not just for Sydney FC, but um, for football in Australia. And just on that, just on keeping on that topic. Um, Red is uh, Matty Nash seems like he's he's obviously a John Crawley um, you know protege um, from yep. from all reports. Uh, what can you give us an insight into what subtle changes you've seen between JC and, and Matty Nash uh, this year, and and what you know what's Matty what's the difference there? Um, yeah, they're both cut from the same cloth. I, I actually trained with Nashy up at Mariners under. Um, Crawley and um, you know, I've, I've always been in contact uh, daily with Nashi and um, you know, I've got utmost respect for him uh, as, a, as a player and a coach um, 
in terms of training-wise, not too much has changed. The the original structure of what we do on what days is exactly the same. There's subtle tweaks in in drills and brings kind of fresh ideas, Um, but they're both very much similar in, in, in the way they approach football and they're very much got the philosophy of uh, hands-on coaching, they want to make you better and, and not just myself but Tommy, Pav and mm. and the other young boys that come up and train with us they're, they're constantly stopping and critiquing and, and passing on information it's not just a, a static stand there and kick balls at you and hope you get better, it's, it's every day every kind of, every drill there's something to be worked on and, and improve on and you've you've segued into the next question brilliantly, mate. So thank you for that. But um, we're talking talking about the the goalkeeping stocks currently at the club. Uh, obviously, we're in the off season, but we hope we hope they don't change too much. Um, but the youth the youth you know behind yourself at the club at the moment is is absolutely incredible, and and something that Sean James and I talk about weekly on our podcast is you know the the fact that we've got Tom Hewitt Bell who sits on the bench most weeks. You've got Pavlesic who's you know chomping at the bit and and making um, you know Joey's and young Socceroos appearances and then you've got Levi Kay who He's in the brilliant. NPL this oh. year has pulled off some absolutely world class saves like world class and we're not we're not even exaggerating um, you know it, it's just a it's just a production line at Sydney FC at the moment yeah um, yeah I think it's credit to um, Crawley and, and Nashi for for what they're doing, but it's also a credit to uh, the academy and, and those sort of things alike. I mean, I, I see a lot of myself in, in Tommy and Pava um, and Levi, uh, I guess, a little bit as well, but not quite as much. We don't we don't see as much of mm. Levi, mainly with the MPL squad. Yeah. Um, but I, I see a lot of similarities in, in, in those boys, but the, the issue I have with the whole system is, is they have to play. With, yeah. Um, you have to play to develop, you have to play to learn and um, I think uh, it's, it's a kind of fractured system, I guess. I mean, you, you want to get better, you want to um, prove yourself and test yourself but it, it's just a matter of where they play. Um, it's not it, enough it's games. Thing, yeah, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a whole nother, another yeah. set of things yeah. we could talk about for, that's next for days. That's next week. in your career, I, I, maybe I could twist your arm and get two answers out of you for this. In your career, who have you most enjoyed being up against, um, both in terms of an opposition striker and when you're in uh, at training, uh, who do you like, you know, proving yourself against? So is there a striker in an opposition team you really love you know, being up against? And then at training... Uh-huh. Is there one player in particular, like, I really – like, you want to save everything, of course, but – you like picking on just ruining yeah. their day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of like the really kind of off-the-cuff kind of players. Um, and, and I love playing against the best players. So, I love, I've been – really enjoyed playing against McLaren this year. Mm. Uh, he had some good opportunities in our game after the break. Mm. I think that was the uh, – We snuffed him out in the final, off. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, in terms of training, um, oh, Nico's, Nico's <laughs> amazing. He, he's not much of a shooter, though, so he'll always look to offload and, and assist kind of thing. Um, Caceres, I, I love um, mm. training with Caceres. He's, he's got that creative spark, but he can also um, you know, pick his spots when he's shooting. Is there anyone in the squad who thinks they're a striker and tries to, you know? <laughs> it's Zulo, isn't oh. it? 
Oh, no, I'd say Ryan Grant. <laughs> yeah, anything off the shoulder or the nipple. Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned Caceres as well. Hasn't he come on in leaps and bounds as well? Like, what a brilliant player to watch. Oh, he's phenomenal. He, uh, you know, I think he's really relished, uh, you know, that, that Sydney FC mantra of just going out there completely relaxed. And, and um, you know, you, you have to stick to a structure, obviously, but within that structure, there's a lot of flexibility to mm. express yourself and, and, and play your own game. And I think he, he's one that's um, embraced that and, and, and taken it leaps and bounds. And, mate, just to follow up to Sean's question about, you know, who you like coming up against, what about... What about a goalkeeper that you've been in the same squad with? So either, you know, your number two or, or their number two to you. Who have you most enjoyed working with over the years? Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with Booker twice and, you know, he's phenomenal the way he approaches things. And, um, you know, that, that season that he that he had the, mm. before he left was absolutely incredible what he, what he did on the pitch, but, to think about what he went through off the pitch as well was just mind blowing. Yeah, um, that's right with, um, it was, Harley. <clears throat> with Harley. Yeah. It was yeah. just incredible. I mean, he, he spent almost a month straight in the hospital, just kind of sleeping on the couch, um, on the chair in the hospital room. So how he, how he performed the way he did and, and, you know, so consistently and at such a high level was amazing. And he's such a great person off the field. And, and I've, you know, like I said, I've had the pleasure of working with him at Mariners, but also, at Sydney, and, and I've learnt exponential kind of information off him, whether he said it to me directly or just by observation. It's, it's been phenomenal. Uh, another one is Clint Bolton. Uh, when I moved to Melbourne Heart, um, yeah, from day one, he was such an amazing mentor for me. And mm. um, even though he was the number one, he was from day one. He, he openly said, "Look, I think you need to work on this, and we can try that." And, Maybe you can look at doing this. And um, when I took over from him in that season, he was nothing changed, um, and, and he was a true pro from from you know day one to to the last day. And, and he's someone I still keep in contact with. Can I ask, Red? Is um, it's a tough gig being the number two goalkeeper in a team, isn't it? Um, oh, it's it's horrible. So you've been in that position. You know, got others. You know, Hewitt Bell's in that position at the moment. What advice would you give to a goalkeeper? Um, you know, like just a little side story. I've gotten some physio work from some soccer injuries lately, and I'm the, and the guy <laughs> who's on. doing my physio, um, you know, I'm a marquee player of my team. They're struggling. Um, he's the Arpia Leichhardt's number two keeper, um, and yep. I, you know, I'm just like, how, how tough is it? You know, training all week, rocking up on the bench, ninety minutes goes, rinse and repeat, pretty much nine times out of ten. What, what advice would you give to a keeper or, you know, to keep them motivated? Um, write down your goals. That's something I've always done. Um, have your goals kind of in your mind where you want to be and, 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 and whatnot. But you, know, you, you have to be ready in case the opportunity comes. It's, football is such a cutthroat business that if... Mm you're not ready when your opportunity comes, then it'll pass you by and you might not get another one. So you, you, you just have to be kind of on top of yourself because being a number two, you don't really get that um, that constant kind of drive from, from coaches and, and, mm. and teammates that you have to be on your game. You have to find that within yourself and, and you have to 
yeah, like I said, you have to be on your game and, and working hard every single day because when your chance comes, you, you have to be able to take it. And Red, is this? I've heard you do this in an interview before, and I, and I hope you don't mind the intrusion. But can can you tell us a, a couple of or, or one of the goals that you've got written down in your top pocket at the moment? Oh yeah, um, I know you keep them on in you. The back of my, oh really? Yeah, it's in my phone case. I actually went through it yesterday to see how many of my short and medium term goals we ticked off this year. Buy milk and bread. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so glad he laughed at that. Hang <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, just count. Seven, 11. There's 11 short and medium term goals. And, yeah. And I failed on two of them. But you can add an uh, extra, which is come on Scobler Stories, obviously. <laughs> Check that on. True, true. <laughs> um, Happy to provide. Yeah, the rest I think I've, uh, I've, I've achieved, so. Brilliant, mate. Yeah, brilliant. And he's, and leading on from that, you mentioned Vuka before, and and him getting him getting his big chance overseas, and and you know, at I don't want to make him older than he was, but he's probably thirty four, thirty five. He's a few years older than you, Redders. Um, what, yeah, thirty five. Yeah, is 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 that on your long term list of goals still? Obviously, we don't want to lose you, but is is you know the European dream or or anything else overseas something that you'd like to experience one day? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said before, I love playing against uh, uh, great players and, and, and testing myself against the best. I always want to um, you know, better myself and, and, and test myself against the best. I want to uh, play in the big games and against big players. And um, you know, it, it's an ambition that I uh, do have is to uh, you know move overseas where um, the challenge is greater. I guess. Well, I think um, I think Arsenal's just just lost a goalkeeper, mate. So. You might get your second chance there soon, but we might we might ask you one about that very soon, mate. Um, to get to to, to get to, them, we've asked some pretty serious questions along the way. We'll, we'll ask some fun ones, mate. And and it's it's funny. I'd actually written down a question to ask you about your whiskey collection, and then I think you popped something up on your uh, your Insta just yesterday. Um, yeah. But it's popped up on Sydney FC uh, Instagram before, and and so tell us what, what's your what's your favourite dram at the moment? Oh. Uh... I'm, I'm a big fan of Japanese whiskey. Yep. Um, and obviously with, yeah, I love a Yochi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nicker from the Barrel is pretty soft standard, but it's a great drop. Beautiful. Um, yeah, that, that's probably... Are you in, uh, are you a member of the Whiskey Club, mate? No. Oh, I could I could do some damage to your wallet. So you go to thewhiskeyclub.com.au. They're not a sponsor. Yep. They're not a sponsor. <laughs> but they're um, they're based in Tasmania, so down with you know Lark and O'Sullivan and Sullivan's Cove and everything else. And they they basically yep. they send you a whiskey every month, once a month, and the, you know they they they're good bottles. They're about one hundred and fifty bucks a pop. But yeah, right. um, you can opt out when you don't want them, and you can opt in when you want them. And mate, it'll it'll grow your collection very quickly. Are you getting a yeah, kickback yeah. for that? No, I pulled out because it started to get too expensive. For me. <laughs> but, um, but I was in it for a, for a while. We need we need sponsorship on this show. <laughs> Far out. Um, yeah, got, let's, got, let's some, make it got some quick fire one on twos for you. Um, how many wheat picks do you do, mate? Oh, I normally have about eight. Wow. Bloody hell! Session. That's a lot of fiber. Um, <laughs> very, very regular. And these are from Twitter, by the way, so yeah. <laughs> forgive us um, for what's about to come. Which starter Pokemon did you use? Was it Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? Oh, 
I was never into that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. Uh, El Jana or Frangos? They're, they're chicken, aren't they? Chicken yeah. restaurants. Yep. Um, I'm going to go El Jano just because that's what the boys prefer, but I've nice. never been to either. Yeah, oh. no, fair enough. That's all right. You're s- same uh, same footing as uh, Broski. Beetroot on a burger. Okay. Yes. Oh, nice. oh, terrible. Nice. Uh, who's the biggest pest on the team? Oh, Gowser. Oh, sure. Really? Oh, Gowser. Zulu survives. He's number two. No, <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Sure. Uh, <laughs> can I ask some uh, like lame, cliche goalkeeper questions? Um, yeah. Growing up as a kid, uh, which goalkeepers or goalkeeper did you look up to? Did you go, you know, did you watch on telly and whatnot? Yeah, I think for me, Mark Schwarzer. Um, mm. You grew up with kind of your was it Saturday? Or, no, Sunday. Sunday highlights of the Premier League and mm. having an Aussie playing his trade over there, um, you know, was amazing to look up to. Um, but internationally, I think the German goalkeepers Oliver Kahn and, and Lehmann <laughs> yeah. were, were huge well, for me. Seaman for me growing up. Yeah, absolutely. The goalkeepers have changed a lot over the years. Um, you know, before they just stood there between the sticks, but now that you guys are sweepers and you got to learn how to know how to play with your feet. Um, it's evolved yeah, it's, a lot. Yeah, it's completely changed the whole philosophy of goalkeeping about it. A defensive goalkeeper, an offensive goalkeeper, mm. it's, it's something that well, what Crawley's brought in um, and, and Nashie's kind of followed. So um, it, it's, it's something that probably less so implemented in Australia, but um, internationally I think it is uh, widely implemented. And then before we go, Red, is, um, the Premier League has kicked off over the weekend. A nice tidy win for Arsenal. What was that 3 0 against. Um Fulham, was it? Aubameyang yep, yep, getting the yep. third. Uh, just very quickly, mate, uh, remind us all and any listeners uh, listening in of your Arsenal story. Oh, um, I'll keep it short. Um, <laughs> it goes uh, on. Was it, yeah, was it Entwis? Um, back in the day, we had a tour of England. We played Arsenal. Or we had a, oh, I can't remember, was it nil or one nil? I remember keeping a clean sheet. And, um they liked what they saw. They invited myself and my mum to head over. We went over for three weeks, had a trial. Um, almost kind of had a contract in front of me. Mum said, let's have a think about it with schooling and, and whatnot. But you know, pause there. Mum didn't end the dream for me. It's, it's not mum. No. She copped a lot of flack for it. But um, she had my best intentions in mind. Um, they said, no problem. Um, I was going to go to a Hong Kong Sevens tournament or meet them in Hong Kong. I was going to Hong Kong. I would meet them in Hong Kong. Um, and that would be like final trial slash recruitment. So I'd fly from Hong Kong uh, back to London and that would be that. Mm. Um, sent away for flight confirmation details. Um, and they just replied, we just signed another goalkeeper so his services would not be required. And said goalkeeper was um, Chesney. Oh, he went on right. How old Pretty were good. you at the time? Sixteen. Uh, That's brutal. Is that is brutal. Yeah. Um, makes that, me happy being a Spurs fan. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that, who do you follow in the Premier League, Andrew? I'm an Arsenal. Of course. After that, I think. After yeah. that, yeah. Where's the hang-up Still. button? 
Oh dear. <laughs> I just, I, I, I didn't, I really, I was hesitant to, to get someone to ask you that question, Redders, because it had such a sad ending, but um, some lovely comments. Uh, good ending you know, ended up with us. It, that's, well, that's true. That's, that's true. Um, some lovely comments uh, from, from Arsenal when they, when you actually played against them. Um, yeah, Vanga. When, when they were in Sydney. So, uh, and, who, and who knows, mate, like I said, I think they just got rid of a, a reserve keeper. So you can go over there and challenge for number one after you win three in a row with us next year, mate. Okay. Three yeah, three feet. <laughs> three feet yeah, three is feet, on. Exactly. Three feet is on. Mate, um, the very last one, the very last one before we'll let you go. And, and this is something, this is a question that we ask most of our guests. Mate, Sydney Derby or Big Blue, what's, what's meant the most to you? I've got a feeling I know the answer to this one. Um. Yeah, I'd play, say, Sydney Derby. Um, <laughs> that, the, the Derby at Bankwest, round, was it three? Mm-hmm. Two, oh, this year. Um, yeah, it, it was a... Uh, I thought it was one of our best performances of the was, season. But, um, <laughs> disappointing result. But I thought, you know, the atmosphere there and, and the, uh, I mean, the the cove up in... They got yeah. some shitty little corner in the And that ball crossed the line. Terrible beer too, by the way. Yep. The, the the noise the, the the Sydney fans made that day, I could hear the cove over the RBB yes. um, in the second half when I was down the other end and it was, you know, phenomenal. I thought the atmosphere was was one of the best I've ever played in front of. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, I think I think I'd choose the uh, does, so you mentioned the cove. Does does it make that much of a difference from a, a, a player's perspective, or are you so into the game that you tune it out most of the time? Uh, for me, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, especially when the ball's up the other end, I can really kind of I like engaging in the crowd. It kind of relaxes me, and you know, if I hear a one-off comment, if it's um, original, I'll turn around and kind of engage with it. If it's you know your generic kind of abuse, then I, I won't really engage. But yeah, um, yeah, they still call me fat. Even yeah, yeah. Anyway. terrible. Um, yeah, don't know where it all goes. I hope that's not the code. Um, no. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy it, and I think I get a real lift out of hearing big kind of. Yeah. Vocal vocal crowds, especially in the derby, like I said, the Cobra are phenomenal that day, and it really yeah. kind of spurs you on. Even in the the grand final, just gone, there was moments in that where you know you could hardly tell you could hear yourself think, and it was pretty amazing because that was only what seven and a half thousand, and mm. um, the atmosphere that was created was phenomenal. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely, um, and and I, I get goosebumps just listening to feedback from yourself, mate, on that. So that's um, yeah. that's really good to hear. Red, as we've kept you probably just over time, that uh, then we promise. So, mate, look, thank you so much for your uh, for your time with us tonight. We've we've absolutely uh, been blown away, and some brilliant some brilliant uh, answers to those very well thought out and some not so well thought out questions from Twitter. But uh, mate, thanks very much, and let's hope that um, let's hope that by the time next season kicks off, you can have those those big crowds behind you the cove behind you and um cheering us on like you said for for a three-peat mate yeah absolutely thanks for the chatting and um look forward to the next one